Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, well, how can we cut through that noise? And how do we sift through all of that information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, we've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us. So we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions Hello, Shannon. Hello, Joe. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Excellent. So similar to last week's episode, if you're watching, you noticed it was not Jeff sitting across from me. If you're listening, that was not Jeff's voice. That was Shannon. She's here with us today to share a part of her story and kind of help us walk through some of the things that uh, she's experienced, but also that God has walked her through. And so uh, first of all, I'll say this. Thanks for joining us, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me into this conversation. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a big deal. I don't think... My guess is most people watching right now and even listening would really rather never be in front of a microphone. Right. Yeah, and that's so, my story too. <laughs> and so thanks for being willing not only to do that part, but also to kind of dive into the topic. Great. Um, so um, if you've been following along in the last couple of weeks, of course, there's been a lot of things in our media, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that kind of followed the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, there has certainly been a lot since in our social media. And then I hope that many of our listeners then um, not only have listened to Jeff and I's conversation about uh, abortion, pro-life or pro-choice, kind of how do we start that conversation. Um, but also then we we had Connie on uh, last week and she shared, uh, I hope you've also been able to have some fruit, fruitful conversations in your circles, um, just kind of walking through how do we love people well, listen well, and all of those kind of things. And that's one of the things that is our goal today, yes. is to kind of hear from you and just what you've experienced. So Shannon, why don't you... Um, you know, share as much as you want. Okay. Obviously, it's your story. Um, but kind of walk us through um, why you're sitting here today. Why yeah. is this conversation kind of big on your mind and heart? And uh, yeah, just kind of fill us in a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of a long, lifelong journey for me. <laughs> but um, my husband, Paul, and I have been attending Grace for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so we were married by a pastor here. We've both been baptized here. We've been through the classes. Um, and it just has always felt like a church that was very safe for me, and uh, and it gave me tangible things that I could go home and think about and work on and, and talk about in my relationships. And being a part of Grace has really improved all of my relationships in my life. Mm. Um, but I have uh, childhood trauma and childhood sexual abuse in my history. And so when this conversation started and the Roe versus Wade um, Supreme Court ruling was overturned, then it felt like it backed me into a corner where I needed to really think about um, think about my past and think about how that how that decision and how the government was affecting my own thoughts. And mm. then I had to um, I had to have some hard conversations. And so by um, being surrounded with a lot of people that love Christ, uh, I heard I started to hear a lot of opinions about how you know, we're excited or we're thrilled. And, and it, I didn't feel excited or thrilled that this ruling got overturned. Sure. And um, I realized that I needed to maybe tell my story a little bit more and and just hope that people would be open to hearing that. So sure. that's kind of how we got to this point today. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So 
um, you know, all all of those conversations swirl. And of course, in some ways, matter of fact, I had someone in my life group share about how uh, they were thrilled that not about the decision, mm-hmm. but that the conversation was coming back, that yes. people were starting to learn how to talk about this again. Yeah. Um, and so um, you're hearing these conversations, you're seeing the stuff swirl online. Um, why is this uniquely um, powerful, uh, hurtful, all that to you? Yeah, yeah. So um, if I were to tell you a little bit about my story, it might help mm-hmm. you understand kind of sure. where I'm coming from. So um, when I was a, a kid, my parents owned a gymnastics center, mm-hmm. and I grew up in a gym, which is a wonderful place for a kid to be able to bounce around and tumble and run and bounce on the trampoline for hours and hours. And so I grew up in a gymnastics center, and um, and then it was a great place until it wasn't. Mm. And uh, as I was growing up, when I was in about seventh grade, my parents had hired a high-level gymnastics coach to come in and train me and to try to get me to the next level. You know, the goal was the Olympics. Mm. The goal is a college scholarship, those kind of things. So I was really heavy into the sport of gymnastics. Um, and this this man came in as a coach and had a lot of trust with adults. People called him Mr. Wonderful, <laughs> and they thought he was really this, the best thing ever. Well, um, he spent a lot of time with me. He We would train together 20, 30 hours a week, travel to competitions, um, training camps, and I had a lot of time with him alone. And he was a predator, mm. and so I didn't know it at the time, but he was grooming me. Um, I didn't even know what that term was until I was older. Uh, so he had been grooming me, and then my family went through a hard time. My parents went through a divorce. Mm. Um, they separated, and, and uh, my sisters and I moved in with my dad, or stayed with my dad, and, and my mom left. And um, this man became my whole, whole world, basically. So uh, he told me how to train, but he also told me what to eat, when to sleep. Um, he started to tell me that he was in love with me. Mm. And then he was explain that this is what people that are in love do. And he started to become sexual with me. Mm. And so, um, you know, for about three years between, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, we had a sexual relationship, which I thought of as my first boyfriend. Mm. Um, even though he was twice my age, he was married um, and wow. he was doing this with other people too. So he had convinced me that I couldn't tell anybody um, and that, you know, that it had to be our secret. And so um, that really shaped my relationships from then on. So I didn't trust men or I would trust them to a certain point and then, you know, not further after that. Um, And so I, I went through this experience almost completely by myself. Um, I shared it with a few people, and with those people, they often didn't know what to say or what to do. Um, I had one close friend at the time that uh, we ended up parting ways because it was so hard for me to even see her or talk to her because it brought up all of the kind of the triggers from our childhood. So I didn't speak to her for 12 years. And she ended up reaching back out to me when I was 30 years old and said, you know, I'm I have a good job. I have a dog. I have a house. I'm doing great. How are you? And then it turns out she's not doing great. She has struggles with her relationships too because she went through a lot of the same experiences that I did. Um, And then 
we renewed our friendship, and what that did was actually um, made us realize that we probably needed to go to the authorities. Mm. And I actually didn't have any interest in doing that. Um, I didn't want to tell my dad. I thought it would devastate him. Um, and But I felt like it was the right thing to do. And at that time, it had been so long that I actually didn't think anything would become of it. Well, something did become of it. So mm. the state of Ohio ended up um, prosecuting him, and we went to a full jury trial. And I testified against him, and um, the district attorney had pulled me into her office before we went to trial, and she said to me, you know, she had all these law books, and she she got this law book out, and she pointed to the words, and I, I'll never forget her just following her finger with the words, and it said, if you were born on March 10th, 1975, or before, you have 20-year statute of limitations. My birthday is March 10th, 1975. Mm. So... Basically, I had enough time to to try to get a conviction from him, but my friend who who convinced me to go to the police, her statute of limitations was up. So mm-hmm. even though she was strong enough to tell her story and speak out, um, she wasn't able to kind of to get that conviction based on her testimony alone. Yeah. So uh, she ended up doing a tape recorded conversation. Uh, that the police recorded, and he admitted what he had done. And so that was the evidence. Um, The prosecuting attorney had offered him a four-year plea bargain the night before the trial, and he didn't take it. He he essentially went on to become a chiropractor, um, a father, an elder in his church, and all along the way manipulating women to do what he wanted them to do. And so I wasn't the only victim, um, but we realized that if we didn't tell our story, there was going to continue to be more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't take the plea bargain, and we went to trial, and he is in prison for 43 and a half years. Wow. So um, three counts of rape. Uh, he was convicted on three counts of rape, which couldn't be served concurrently. That was just from what he did to me. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And it, it it's something that... Um, I always, on a daily basis, would struggle with. And uh, even if it was subconsciously, I was trying to find things that would make me feel better. And sometimes that was good outlets. You know, I went on to become a very high-level gymnast. And then I went on to um, pole vault, and I competed in two Olympic trials. Um, But I, I wasn't for the right reasons. It wasn't because God had given me those talents. It was because I wanted the accolades and I wanted the approval and I was looking for love wherever I could get it, you know, appreciation. I wanted people to see me. Um, And so, you know, sometimes it was alcohol. Sometimes uh, it was antidepressants, um, traditional therapy. Sometimes I would, you know, try to find the good routes, which would be like yoga or self-help or retreats and nothing was doing it. Mm -hmm. Nothing could fill that pain. Um, except for um, coming to Grace and meeting my husband and just working through it one day at a time. And working through it for me was getting to have a relationship with Jesus Mm. and that just to know that um, there's hope and there's love and there's peace and um, none of the other stuff worked or if it worked, it was very temporary, right? And so the hope that God provides for me is the, is what has changed my life. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> it's amazing how um, miraculously God can work through our dark circumstances to redeem them for something wonderful on the other side. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, I think all of us watching and listening would feel this like heart sinking, like, I'm so sorry you had to go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, like the emotions surging through me of everything. Like, I know he's in prison. I still want to go find him and beat this knot out of him. You know, like, um, yeah. and I'm sure you've had plenty of emotional roller coasters through the years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, if, if you're listening, watching, and your story even remotely resonates with Shannon's, I would encourage you to find an outlet to start healthily processing that or get it handled if you're in the middle of that circumstance. Right. Um, but I want to, um, we'll kind of wrap that up here at the end of our episode, but I also want to kind of take a left corner and, uh, how, how did that experience then relate to what just happened a couple of weeks ago? Mm, yes. So, so why, um, does a conversation about pro-choice, pro-life abortion, um, have anything to do with the story that you just shared? Right. So yeah. I've always been an introvert and I've always had trouble expressing myself and specifically when it comes to this story. Sure. But when I start to hear, or I, I have friends on both sides of the coin, and when I start to hear um, phrases that like, we're excited about this decision, and then I, 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 I walk in my own shoes and I realize if at that time when I wasn't going to church, I didn't know the Lord, and I would have had to make a decision about whether I'm going to have the child of, you know, I didn't get pregnant, mm-hmm. which I'm, I can't, I, there wouldn't even be words if I did, but sure. I didn't get pregnant. But if I had been pregnant from my perpetrator and I'd been forced to have that baby, my gymnastics career would have been over. Um, and, you know, for some people that's probably not the end of the world, but it was my whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents were gymnasts and it was what I was supposed to be. It was who I was. And so having an abortion, um, not being able to have an abortion to be to have this man's child would have put me in a place where there would have been no other choice and I would have committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. And so... Um, just not knowing that there were that there's options or that you know how you don't know how your life is going to turn out but when you're in a situation you do you do the best with what you know yeah. or you know how, whatever you can do to get through it and the reason that I want to be part of this conversation is because I want to be the voice for people that feel like they don't have any other option yeah. and when I started to share my story with people at church with pastors I expected I thought that I would be kind of pushed away. Mm. I thought that maybe you wouldn't want to hear my story because sometimes when Jeff, when Pastor Jeff talks about sin, he talks about drinking and chewing and cheering for Michigan. <laughs> well, my sin, not only this, but the sin that uh, that I sought out after that, um, is way worse than sure. drinking or smoking or cheering for Michigan. Sure. And so I thought that maybe people wouldn't want to hear my story mm. or it wouldn't. Um, it maybe wouldn't be the perspective that the church wanted to portray. Mm. But it's not that. And every conversation that I've had since then has been encouraging. And that's all that I want to do is I want to be a voice for people that can't speak out, whether they're Mm -hmm. in the moment 
or they just need somebody to talk to or talk it through with. And I want people to know that they're not alone mm-hmm. and that there are um, there's actually a lot of people that want to hear your story, mm-hmm. that want to help you, and that will walk alongside you no matter what you're going through, even yeah. the bad stuff. Even, you know, whether you're in the middle of these decisions or in the middle of these heinous seasons, mm-hmm. um, whether this is something that's in your past and you just never opened up and it still haunts you, um, wherever you find yourself, Jesus meets us right where we're at. Yeah. Uh, you know, he gets into the muddy waters with us. Right. And uh, he will help pull us out. He doesn't want to leave us there, you yes. know, but he will meet us there. Yes. And and help us uh, process and redeem. Um, you know, this passage that's been swirling around in my mind with these conversations is in Second Corinthians 5, where like the old is gone, the new has come. Like Jesus meets us in our old. Yes. And then helps make us into something new. Right. And so if you find yourself stuck in Mm -hmm. the moment or in the past or wherever, again, you find yourself in these stories, Jesus (laughs) will show up and begin to radically transform you from the inside out. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish, if you're not watching this, I wish you could see Shannon smile right now, just full of life, you know, like... Well, most people that are listening to this won't know me, but I'm 47 years old. Um, I started working here at Grace Church about three years ago, but I'm now in seminary. Mm -hmm. We're in seminary class together. And if you would have asked anyone that knew me (laughs) even 10 years ago, you know, if Shannon would be working at a church and in seminary, they would have bet big money against that (laughs) because it just... It, it found me, right? Yeah. So Grace Church found me and when I needed it, and I didn't know what I needed at the time. Um, it has provided parts of my life that I didn't even know were there. And sure. being part of this family and getting to know God and what He wants for my life has made me a better mother, a better wife, a better friend, a better coworker. And I don't even know what's next, but I want to go wherever He needs me to be. Yeah. Well, I think one of those things is even proving itself out today. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning, I'm not a behind-the-microphone person, and yet right. here you are. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I don't want to say the Lord has pushed you, but He has encouraged you mm-hmm. to take this step, and right. He has given you the strength to get through it. You know, you were nervous you weren't going to make it through. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, Before we started, we joked about where's the trash can, because I might throw up. Um, it um, is. It's hard to talk about, but... It is. Um, I, God has a purpose for every mm-hmm. everybody, yeah. and uh, He can redeem this even for me, even in my late forties. Mm-hmm. And it happened thirty years ago, and if it still affects me and my thoughts and my decisions every day, I know there's other people out there that yeah. have either been through a similar thing or have a pain in their life that they think that God can't help, but they're wrong, mm-hmm. and He can and He will. Right. Yeah. So I want to. Uh, just encourage our listeners. Um, you know, we're Shannon and I are kind of smiling at each other right now, and because we're so hopeful in the experiences that we've had with the life in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But this has not been a light conversation, obviously, and um, many of us may still be in those dark places. And <clears throat> I just want to make sure that we all know you have a safe place to come process that with Jesus more than anything else. He will not let you down. He will not fail you. 
and then his people will do all that they can to to minister to you, that, that is to love you, support you, encourage you, uh, help you as much as they possibly can. Um, you're welcome to reach out to our leadership. Uh, Shannon is a part of that. As she mentioned, she's on our staff here. If you'd like to reach out to Shannon uh, directly, you can do that. Uh, this was not planned, so would you like That's to give your true. email address? Yes. Uh, and actually, um, at Grace, <clears throat> we have a class called Rid of My Dec- Disgrace, yeah. and that's for sexual abuse and healing from sexual mm-hmm. abuse and trauma. And so we're going to offer that in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start to co-lead that. Yeah. So um, there there are plenty of avenues, but yes, you are welcome to reach out to me personally, great. privately, whatever people need, I'm here. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you uh, again, Shannon, for being willing to open up. I also want to playfully encourage all of you listeners, just because you step out and and reach out to Shannon or our leadership, that doesn't mean that we're going to put you behind a microphone. So <laughs> that's not uh, where all paths lead. This is just a unique thing. Shannon felt um, wonderfully encouraged and compelled to share her story. Um, if we can help you at all, we want to do that. And maybe it's about abuse that you've experienced in your life. Maybe it's some type of secret that you've been carrying and burdened with your uh, on your own for your life. Uh, we want to help you through those things. Maybe it's having conversations like these. How do I sit down with a listening ear and listen to people that have struggled or disagree with me or mi- misunderstand where I'm coming from? How do I have those conversations? If we can help in any way we want to do that. Uh, you can always reach out to us about this podcast through bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If you have questions, follow-up questions, if there are things that you'd like us to address here, we'd love to do that. Um, if we can help you take any of those unique next steps, maybe we can connect you with Shannon, connect you with some of our counselors, uh, get you involved in one of these support groups. We would love to do that. Um, if you uh, are looking for a church home, a place to seek God, uh, to maybe have a story, um, regardless of your past, but maybe a forward story like Shannon has expressed when she decided to pursue Jesus and his people, uh, you can join us on the weekend here at Grace uh, in person or online. Well, thank you for jumping in with us today. Thank you, Shannon, for sharing with us uh, as we all continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.